Hi, everyone. Welcome to Kara's Cures, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I'm Kara Sundlin. And so where are we right now in the pandemic? And when could it actually end? What about this new stealth Omicron variant? Lots of questions. My guest has answers. He is infectious disease specialist, Dr. Ulysses Wu at Hartford HealthCare, who is a system director of infectious disease and chief epidemiologist. Welcome, doctor. Thanks for having me back. Let me first ask you about this new variant that people are reading about today called the stealth Omicron variant. What is the latest? Do we need to worry about that? Well, first of all, we shouldn't call it a new variant. So it's not really a new variant. It is just a subtype of the Omicron variant. So all of the variants in all the COVIDs, they've all had their different subtypes. Even Delta had, uh, a, a, you know, at least a dozen subtypes that were classified. But we just reported it up to its parents' designation, which was Delta. And Omicron is the same. So with regards to the quote-unquote stealth uh, subtype, um, you know, the worry is that it may be able to evade detection in some of the laboratory tests. So we still like to rely on PCR as our gold standard. And I think we still need to know a little bit more about this variant, whether or not um, the uh, other tests can be affected by this variant. But that's from a public health standpoint. From a clinical standpoint, it doesn't change anything that we're going to do. Uh, it still behaves the same as uh, Omicron, as the other Omicron variants, we're still going to treat it the same. We're still going to take the same precautions. Vaccines and boosters are still part of the fight, regardless of what it is. And that was the same for Omicron, no matter what variant, as well as Delta, as well as Alpha and Beta. So we have not changed how we approach these diseases. The stealth name, the stealth Omicron, is because it might not be as detectable. Do you mean more in that, like, we're using, so many of us are using the at-home rapid test. Is that the fear that you might really have COVID, but it's not showing up, at least with that variant? Well, it's not necessarily a fear. I think right now there still needs to be a lot that needs to be studied about it. But certainly it is a possibility. But we worried about that with Omicron itself, and we worried about that with Delta. So with every... Uh, variants that happens out there. There still remains a lot to be studied. And uh, we worried about it with alpha and beta and gamma and all of them. So um, it's it's something that, that needs to be studied, but it's, it's a possibility. Okay. And are we nearing the end of the surge or the pandemic? Where are we in a broad view? So I think we need to look at, at a mic micro view right now. So this current wave, we are certainly on the downtrend when it comes to this current wave, but it really depends what marker that you're following. So are you following case positivity, which was up maybe just a little bit yesterday, or are you following uh, cases? Are you following hospitalizations? Are you following deaths or ICU stays? So these are all things that um, all have different answers, but for the most part, there is a downward trend for all of these variables. Uh, as uh, we've stated before, that we expect a long tail uh, to happen in terms of a downward trend with a sawtooth pattern, which means that you may have your ups and downs, like the positivity rate uh, yesterday going from 11 to 13 percent. And so we are certainly, uh, the numbers are still bad. I, I shouldn't say that we are at, out of it because we still have a significant amount of hospitalizations. We still have people in the ICU. We still have people that are ventilated. And a lot of that is Delta and some of it is Omicron at this point. But um, we're definitely not out of it, but the numbers certainly look better. Now, when it comes to the pandemic, it remains to be seen because it's going to be very, 
it's going to be very dependent on two things. What is the immunity of your population? And I'm not talking immunity from COVID itself, but from vaccinations and boosters. Can you get that to a high enough level? And then number two, the presence of variants. Which variants is going to be the predominant COVID variant? If you have a predominant COVID variant that may be very infectious, but very mild, aka like a common cold, then we could say that maybe seasonally, we will become endemic, kind of like influenza or other respiratory viruses. But again, a lot of that will be dependent on the vaccination and boosted status of your population as well. World Health so it's possible. Yeah, World Health Organization put out that if we got to 70%, it saw possibly the end of the pandemic. Is that, is that the kind of numbers that make sense? Uh, I think that's a little optimistic, 70%. I, I would shoot for something, you know, with uh, with our vaccinations and all our other diseases, we do like to shoot for something like 90% uh, in terms of immunity. The, the problem is that when people talk about herd immunity, they're talking about long-lasting immunity. So something like the measles, mumps, rubella that we all got as kids that protect us against uh, diseases such as that, that's long-lasting we know from COVID-19 that immunity may not be long-lasting, and we know that from the original coronaviruses that were circulating prior to COVID-19, the common cold that you used to get every single year. Um, so we knew that long-lasting immunity is probably not going to happen with COVID-19. We're seeing more kids end up uh, treated, or sometimes even hospitalized, than with the Omicron variant than we did uh, maybe six months ago, even a year ago with the pandemic. Why are more kids seemingly to be infected? I think it's just from the sheer infectivity of Omicron. A lot of kids are also not vaccinated or they don't have the ability to get vaccinated. And so it, it could be spreading. Uh, and just because of that, uh, the numbers by the infectivity would lend you to believe that because of those higher numbers that we're just going to see a larger number of hospitalizations as a result. We know the state is having some, uh, they're, they're sending out masks to different towns. West Hartford's had a couple. Other towns have had distribution events where they're sending out the N95 masks. Um, do you still think it's really important right now that we all be wearing masks regardless of what the rules are most of the time? really depends on the situation. Outdoor transmission, for example, is much, much, much less. And so depending on that outdoor situation, you may not need a mask. But if you are walking into uh, a situation where you don't know the vaccination status or the symptom symptomology of somebody that you are going to be with, whether it be one person or whether it be 100 people, I would still really suggest indoor masking right now. Because like I said, the numbers although they're better, they're still really not good relatively. We still have hundreds of people uh, 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 within actually our own health system, uh, not to mention thousands within the state. And we're still experiencing a significant amount of deaths that are associated with this. So even though the good, the news may be positive and there may be a good outlook, I wouldn't recommend taking the pedal, uh, taking your foot off the pedal at all. Because if you relax, it, it could lead to uh, more outbreaks, at least until we get to a point where Omicron has mostly faded away. So I would definitely suggest masks. And N95 or KN95 uh, is better. 
but not necessarily um, uh, needed because I think a lot of times you can just use a respiratory mask. And most of the guidance was given in relation to uh, K95s or N95s as compared to cloth masks, which we really don't recommend. So the days of, you know, we had all of our cute cloth masks, homemade masks, friends made them. You would like to see people, at least for the time being, using the disposable, more surgical type masks. Absolutely. That's what I use right now. Uh, I'm not going to say that cloth masks don't work at all. I mean, any barrier protection certainly does help. And the more layers to that cloth mask, the better. But if you really want to protect yourself, uh, I wouldn't use single layer cloth masks or single layer gaiters or anything like that. I would definitely go with a procedural mask at the very least. So can you give people some hope? The biggest question, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we're still being affected, you know, in our third winter with things getting canceled or things being moved. Will life ever return to normal? You read everything every day. You're up on the studies. Is there a silver lining, some hope of returning to, quote, unquote, normal? Yeah, I kind of gave the hope, right? We're going to be moving to uh, hopefully – if there aren't any other variants, depending on, you know, the presence of new variants, if there aren't new variants that are more lethal, um, then then there is a light at the end of the tunnel, certainly. And then we would move into an endemic stage. We would move into the seasonal stage. Um, so I think there is definitely that light at the end of the tunnel. The problem is that we tend as a society to be very binary about this. It's like, okay, people either care about COVID or they don't care about COVID. They're either zero or they're one at this point. And the same thing with uh, with the end of this wave. It tends to be, okay, we're at the end of the wave, so it's the end of COVID. And that's not true. We still have to put in the preventative measures to try to protect ourselves uh, regardless. And actually, if COVID does go away, for example, for the season, let's say it disappears in the spring. Let's say it disappears in the summer, maybe even early fall. My worry is that, people will have forgotten about it and they won't be up to date on their immunizations, whether it be vaccinations or boosters. And we could face that same surge again, come late fall, winter again. And so there is a out of sight, out of mind phenomenon that happens that tends us to make, become very binary about COVID. And it's not binary. Uh, We do have to, as many media outlets have been reported, kind of live with it, but that doesn't mean sweeping it under the rug and forgetting it. We still want to make sure we take the correct measures. We still take the right precautions. But I do agree that uh, we do need to get to a point where we live with this disease because I don't think it's going to go away completely. And that's the best way to approach it. And to me, that's actually the silver lining is just making sure that we, quote unquote, uh, metaphorically wash our hands. I mean, washing hands is important against COVID, but, you know, we make sure that we do the due diligence and take care of the things that we need to do take take against COVID, just like a lot of the other diseases that we deal with, like obesity. We have to make sure that we have proper nutritional intake, myocardial infarctions and heart attacks. We have to make sure we take the right medicines, that we have the right, uh, you know, heart health uh, for the cancers. Make sure we screen. These are all measures that we want to take when it comes to a disease, and COVID is no different. We've been hearing about a new vaccine that both Pfizer and Moderna are working on um, that would affect the Omicron variant. Although I know the encouragement is if you don't have, you're not up to date with your vaccine yet or haven't got booster, just get these and you're protected. Can you uh, shed some light on where we're at with a new vaccine and is it fine to just get the ones we have? 
it's perfectly fine to get the ones we have. And so I would still encourage everybody to get the vaccine, uh, that the vaccines that are out there. I would not wait for an Omicron-specific uh, vaccine. And I'm not even sure that it's needed because the science shows that if you're vaccinated and or boosted, uh, that your current booster or your current primary vaccination series, if you have gotten that within the last four to six months, should work perfectly fine against Omicron. And same thing with kids. Uh, what's the latest on little ones? And I know so at least the younger ones are able to get boosters. You recommend people do that? Yes, absolutely. And we have to remember what is the primary purpose of the vaccine. And a lot of this was mistaken in the sense that we thought vaccines, well, not we, but it was perpetuated that vaccines were meant to prevent getting COVID. It does help prevent you to get from getting COVID, but the primary purpose of the vaccines, if you remember from the original studies, was to figure out, did it keep people out of the hospital? Did it keep people from getting ventilated? Did it keep people from dying? That's the purpose of the vaccines. And so nowadays you read, oh my goodness, well, they're vaccinated and they boosted and they still got COVID. Well, yes, that is certainly a possibility, but their chances of getting COVID certainly were decreased but the main purpose was, yes, they got COVID, but are they in the hospital? Are they on a ventilator? And by and large, for the most part, it is a no. So the vaccine absolutely works. The, the issue is, what is it working for? Is it to prevent COVID, which it does to a certain extent, or is it to keep you from getting really sick, which it really does help? I saw a study recently that said the most protected were actually people who had COVID before vaccines were available mm -hmm. and then got vaccines after. Uh, care to chime in on that? I know we all want to be some level of protection, but uh, if you actually had the real COVID and then got vaccinated, are you even more protected? Yes, you actually are more protected. And that's the, vari that's the variability that you get in protection when you've had natural immunity and that you've had vaccine immunity as well. Um, and they even talk about that actually mix and matching the vaccines as well. Maybe you got J&J, then you get Moderna, or you got Pfizer, then you get Moderna, whatever it may be. But the second one that you get, whether it be you got the vaccine first, then got COVID or vice versa, it does make you, I've heard the term super immune. Uh, I don't know if that's the exact correct term, but yes, it does make you uh, develop an immunity that would be more variable, that would be more varied and uh, long lasting as compared to just having the illness itself or the vaccine itself. So if you have gotten COVID, you still definitely should get the vaccine. Especially if you got Delta, you may not be protected necessarily against Omicron. So you should get that vaccine. Yeah. And final question, you know, people more than ever over the holiday season, we saw more people get COVID now than we ever had. I mean, people knew, you know, way in the beginning, the, the percentages were lower. But now it was like, oh, everyone got it or my friend had it or my relatives had it or everyone. But yet there were situations where, um, you know, you were very close to someone in the car or even, you know, a spouse where the spouse got COVID and the other one had slept in the same bed for a week did not, um, it, 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 especially if they were Vaccinated. Is it just, have we learned anything more about why some people get it and some people are like, I never tested positive and didn't have a symptom? Well, I think it just means that they need to get closer to their spouse, to be honest with you. No, <laughs> in all seriousness, just because you are in a room or in a car with somebody with COVID, it doesn't necessarily mean it's 100% transmissible. It is a very 
highly contagious transmissible disease, but it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get it. And then you bring up the concept, was there asymptomatic disease where somebody actually had COVID, never tested for it, uh, never tested uh, any antibodies for it, and they were actually immune. And so there are a lot of dynamics that go into this. There's probably a significant amount of the population that actually had COVID, and they probably never knew it. If you remember the Zika virus, remember that that uh, throwback to the past, uh, you know, we always like to say that the most common symptom of the Zika virus, where 95% of the people experienced it, was no symptoms. And so that is going to also happen with COVID uh, as well. So there may be immunity from previous COVID uh, exposures or illness that they actually had, or they just didn't get it, uh, even though they were in the same car. Okay. Well, there's where we're at right now. Uh, Dr. Ulysses Wu, Hartford HealthCare, uh, expert in infectious disease. Thank you so much uh, for bringing us up to date. And we'll keep our fingers crossed that we continue on this downward trend. Thank you for having me. And you can watch more of the Kara's Cures right here on the Channel 3 app. Uh, just go under Kara's Cures. Lots of interviews on the cutting edge of wellness. You can also follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin. I post them there. Have a great day. Be well.